gentlemen, welcome to the show. This is the Six Millimeter Podcast. I'm Vince. I'm your host, and this is the very first episode. Really excited to be here. Actually, to be here, it's my own fucking studio. But hey, whatever. So the reason why I started this is basically um, to um, talk a bit about me, talk about my life, but also. Um, to to talk about airsoft, the airsoft hobby, stuff around it, and so on and so on. So I wanted to take this first episode basically to um, to share a little bit about me, uh, who I am, uh, my life so far. I try to keep it as short as possible, I promise. But um, yeah. This episode will uh, be available on Spotify. Um, maybe in the future, I will upload them to um, to iTunes. But I thought, hey, Spotify is available for free, so you can listen to the episodes for free. Because I don't intend to make money from this. I just want to do this because I think it's fun. And um, well, to be honest, because I don't have anything else to do at the moment. Um, because well, I think we uh, we can all agree the last year 2020 has been um, has been quite annoying. Uh, the whole COVID thing, uh, not being able to do something. Um, like for me, 2020 started basically with um, <laughs> the F1 season uh, not starting as planned in Australia. Um, me being a huge F1 fan. Or motorsports fan in general. I mean, I also like to watch NASCAR and, and IndyCar and the German DTM, uh, Rallycross, you name it, the GTE series. But um, yeah, well, 2020, um, <laughs> shit, man. We've seen all kinds of stuff, really. I mean, the whole, the, the bushfires in Australia, <laughs> bushfires like big, big bushfires. The uh, <laughs> the uh, the whole election thing. I mean, wow. Um, like for me as a European, watching it, it basically was like watching two toddlers having a tantrum and blaming each other for it. Um, one being more idiotic than the other. Um, but I don't want to jump to political ship here like everybody has his own political views uh own political references um i mean probably from my head you can probably guess what my political preference is but um that's all i want to say about it so like um yeah me being 27 now uh, i turned 27 like beginning of february um my life so far has been interesting, to say the least. Uh, very interesting, very different. Um, I grew up, for the people that don't know me, um, I grew up in Germany. I was born and raised there uh, until shortly after my 14th birthday. Um, just before my 14th uh, birthday, my uh, my parents got a or decided to uh, to divorce, um, and my mom, being Dutch, she decided to um, to move back here, and I'm not gonna go in on the details why, but my sister, my little sister, and I decided we're gonna move with my mom, um, also here to the Netherlands. I mean, we were raised. Um, uh, like 50% German, 50% Dutch, like from the from the language, but um, so well, that wasn't really the issue coming here. Um, we already like we visit the the place here many many times a year. Uh, like on birthdays, we would go here if it was like my grandpa's birthday or my grandma's birthday, and they would come to us. So like we spoke Dutch a lot, even though while living back in Germany. Um, and so, um, yeah, I mean, your parents getting divorced is, I think there's no child 
that can save like yay I mean it sucks let's be honest it fucking sucks um I mean you never expect the two people that brought you into this world and raised you to eventually say like eh, well I'm gonna go this way and you I'm gonna go this way and I mean I've heard about it before that until that moment I heard about it like from kids in my class and I was like oh man that sucks I hope I'm never gonna experience that like parents having a fight after fight after fight over the kids and money issues like uh, it but yeah well it did happen and it sucks <laughs> it sucks balls and well, my mom said, well, I'm going to move back here. Um, what you want to do? And we said, well, well I'm going to go with you. Um, and, I mean, basically you had to um, to start a new life. That's that's basically what happens. Um, my sister, she had a hard time. Um, she had a lot of friends back, uh, back there, like from school. But also, like, we were, like, very competitive, like, uh, swimmers. Um, so a lot of people from the club we were swimming for, um, um, she had a lot of friends there, um, I didn't, um, like, of course I had some, I had some friends, like, I, I talked to on, on the trainings or in the weekends when we were somewhere around the country for an event, um, I had one best friend back then, and he lived, like, 300 meters from my place like there was a park between my house and his place and we would um, meet up uh, in front of my house every morning and I ride our bikes to school like he went to a different school than me but like um, his school was here and I just had to take a left turn and then about 150 meters down the road there was my school so they were like if I looked out of my classroom I could literally see his school and then so we cycled to school uh, and then back and then basically after school we met after we did our homework sometimes we helped each other out with homework and then just went outside expect them PCs weren't a thing or like I think I had a Game Boy back then like the the flip one it's called uh, called the uh, the advanced SD I had a flip one <laughs> and um, but we didn't care about that stuff, man, back then. We just, we went outside, like, what you see, <laughs> the memes, like, we didn't get home until, like, the street light went on, or my mom called her ass in, like, you better get your ass in here because dinner's ready and there's training later on, so, I mean, speaking about our training, like, we were competitive, like, and we were going for it, like, I was training five days a week every every night like every evening i went to the to the swimming pool uh the local one where we were training and then basically um it was one and a half one hour 45 minute training and then in the weekends 99 percent of the time um, except for summer vacation uh, there was a, a swimming event uh, somewhere around the country where we uh, would drive to and then i had multiple uh, multiple distances I had to swim there and then basically we uh, we drove there on Saturday sometimes we stayed somewhere near when it was like further away but otherwise we had to drive back like on Saturday late night and then come back the next morning so like we traveled a lot for that um, but yeah my basically my parents met through the whole swimming sport um, the uh, the club my mom was swimming for and the club my dad was swimming for like every Easter they had like this this like exchange program like one year a selection of of the Dutch club would go to the Netherlands and then stay there for like uh, a couple of days in like in like host families and then the next year they would come to us and then obviously there was a swimming competition between the two clubs but also like like activities and stuff like that and so that's how my parents met and then on the glorious day of February 6th, uh, 1949, this handsome face was born, <laughs> and um, I basically got pushed into it, you know, like, I am, I can't even remember, like, for me, it's like, I grew up with swimming, like, that's what I can remember, just getting back from school, going 
making homework, eating, going to the swimming pool, coming back, go to bed, wake up the next morning, go to school, come back, do homework, eat, and then going to the swimming pool. And I mean, that went on for 13 fucking years. Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah. And um, so, um, yeah. The divorce came, we moved here, completely new life. Um, and for me, I actually saw that at that point as a positive thing, but mainly because I got bullied a lot. Like, um, I would, got diagnosed with like ADHD like when I was pretty young. And I always was like uh, sitting in class, you know, and then looking at the sheet and like, oh, hey, butterfly. I mean, if you don't know what ADHD is, that's pretty much it. You have like problems like focusing on the things that that, mat that actually matter at that moment. Like during a test, I was like, oh, fuck the test. There's a fly flying around. That's way more fucking interesting. Um, which was, uh, I was very manipulative. Uh, you know what I mean. I can't pronounce the word, but people could manipulate me. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> people could manipulate me a lot so if they said like hey Vince jump onto a table and I would do that just because I thought hey maybe they find me cool and I get friends um, but they use it to bully me people kicked me punched me called me names and basically looked at me like the fucking class clown so fast forward or back to the moment we we moved here you know, it's not like you know what because like the bullying in Germany went like so bad that that we reached a certain point where I didn't even want to go to school anymore like my mom kept me home for a couple of days and like the dean get went to class and talked to everybody and then I said well I can't go back to school now like if he talked to them like they're gonna fucking kill me for being a fucking snitch um, I said, no, 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 they're not going to do that. And, well, it took a week. <laughs> and then it started all over again when I just, I dealt with it. Like, I didn't talk to anybody about it. Like, when I came home with dirty clothes because they pushed me to the floor and kicked me, I said, oh, it came from playing soccer, like, in uh, during the breaks, like, during recess. And... I said, well, you're going to stop and uh, because you're going to ruin all your clothes. I'm like, yeah, but but I like it and I have to do some activity. And I lied. Like, I, I straight up ass lied to my own mom <laughs> about being bullied. and Because I, I thought, like, I can handle this. But turned out I couldn't. Um, so the fact that we uh, moved to the Netherlands, I was like, hey, fuck yeah. I mean, yeah, cool. I got to leave my best friend behind. But hey, there is email or writing a letter so we can stay in touch um phone um so for me it was like fuck yeah new life new beginning don't get bullied <laughs> what i didn't realize <laughs> however is um being a german kid and moving to the netherlands um people here um tend to like um the whole Second World War thing, I mean, hey, the, the Germans did what they did, I can't change the past, but I'm not saying that I'm proud of it, um, but hey, it happened, so, but apparently that's great material to pick on a German kid when he comes to the Netherlands, so I came here, and I was like, fuck yeah, new school, uh, can maybe make some friends here, and then I was like, hey, Nazi pig, and Nazi that, and German pig this, and German pig that, like, it was worse like only like two kids beat me up and kicked me but like the stuff they called me like ugh. like for the Dutch people that are listening the the famous K word I'm not gonna say it on camera um, but they know what I mean like that kind of stuff um, yeah um, so I went to like the like the department had of, of like the area we were located and I said like dude like listen obviously I didn't say dude but I said hey listen man um, they're calling me all these kinds of names and I just moved here and I'm sorry but I cannot help what happened like 60 60 years ago like it's not my fault like oh don't worry it's not even that bad probably like just just ignore it just just 
in here, out there, just ignored, you know. And I was like, you, you make it sound like it's that easy, but you probably have never been bullied in, in like, school. But, like, I've been bullied, like, for the past... I was I was 14, so I've been bullied for the past eight years, dude. Um, and I said, I, I came in in the hope to to get a new life, you know? He said, ah, don't worry. Um, well, it was worse. <laughs> and then the, my, uh, my exam year came around, and then the school did something. I was like, what the actual fuck are you guys thinking? The thing was, which was a standard thing for every for all the like senior classes um, the first week of school just after summer vacation they would go to the Czech Republic just do some team building there visit some local stuff and I guess they use it as like a thank you from the school to the students like hey thanks for sticking up for our boring ass for the past four years but the thing was the trip itself in general wasn't that bad however what my school thought was a very great idea to take the entire group and visit a former German concentration camp on our way there get the picture right so I was like this is a fucking joke right like you cannot seriously take take me there like I told you I'm being bullied as fuck and now you are you are actually taking me and 90 other kids to your fucking former concentration camps? Are you fucking nuts? And they were like, oh, don't worry about it, just stick to us. And then, well, we drove there. <laughs> uh, we got there, we got out of the bus, uh, we walked towards the main entrance. And if you have seen pictures of, like, concentration camps from the Second World War, you see the, um, the sign, uh, Arbeit macht frei, which basically says, work makes free which was a big lie, we all know that, but, um, so we were, like, I guess, 40, 50 meters away from the gate, and then the dude that bullied me the most just yelled from, like, give or take 20, 30 meters behind me, just yelled, hey, Nazi pig, how does it feel to be home again? And that moment, like, nine years of bullying just, just snapped. So I turned around, I, I sprinted towards him, and I unfortunately only got got to punch him once, because the second time I, I tried to hit him, the teachers already got me. Um, his motherfucking ass, ass was expelled from school, his parents had to drive all the way to the Czech Republic, because we were already in the Czech Republic, to pick his ass up, take him home, he got expelled. His nose looked like this, and was bleeding, and... Um, Yeah, they basically told me, like, don't punch a student again, but hey, I get the reaction. If that would have been my kid, I would have straight ass, like, killed him right then and there. So, from that moment on, people kind of left me alone. Like, the bullying stopped for, <laughs> basically, uh, until after my exams and after my graduation. And then I went on to college. And I hoped, like, hey, third time's a charm. No, because half of the people I went to class with went to the same exact college. Some even to the same, like, classes, but others were, like, in a different building. But it started all over again, and I spent six years dealing with the same fucking shit all over again. But... I learned, like, when I got there, I learned to, like, you know what, fuck them, fuck everybody, just ignoring, I, I made even the German jokes, I said, like, hey, I'm the German dude, I can make those jokes, fuck you, learn your history, because they all thought Hitler was a, was a German dude, like, if you paid basic attention during your history classes, you would know that he is from Austria, he just got his ass into Germany, but hey, I'm not here to talk about, like, that kind of stuff, there are plenty of documentaries on National Geographic, and I don't know what kind of channels, so, um, yeah, so, um, the, the bullying kept continuing, but I dealt with it, 
and um, moving forward uh, a couple of years um, 2013 rolled around and I got to know or I started to hear about this thing called airsoft and I was like hey this sounds fun like I've played paintball like three or four times before but I was like hey this looks way cooler man like the guns look realistic the gear looks realistic like what is it so I started googling started watching YouTube videos and it wasn't that common back then because in my country like in the Netherlands it was even illegal like until somewhere in in the early 2013 and then I found out hey it's legal now but you have to be like this member of like this organization and then you get a card uh, sent home which is your membership card and only if you have that you can actually have these things stored at home otherwise it's it's possession of an illegal firearm according to the law and I was like hey you know what so um, the Dutch in, in, in Holland it's pretty common if you start working like a, a small job like like a dishwasher or like um, uh, bringing around papers uh, when you're like 13 14 um, so I did that I, I um, there's a place here called nearby Google it. it's called Gitoren G-I-E-T-H-O-O-R-N it's also pretty common known as the um, as the Venice of the North because like Venice it's like the the old part is like it's not accessible by car so there's like canals between the buildings and you can only reach your house by boat and it's a big tourist attraction uh, like 8 million Chinese people a year and also people from like India like all over the world we had them all but um, you could rent small boats here, like small electric boats and I did that and eventually I I, uh, I got my uh, my captain's license for a boat and with that I was allowed to take uh, and drive the big tourist boats which could fit like 60 people so I took around like uh, complete tourist buses like full of Germans or Chinese tell them about the village and they would tip me I never asked for tip I will never do I think asking for a tip like being an American I can understand that because you guys have like very low minimum wage you guys basically live off of the tip but here it's different like we earn a decent like the hospitality industry is still like you earn a shit pay but um, so a tip is nice but um, like all the tips I got like I stored them and I saved them and then I think one day I counted them and I saved like a couple of hundred bucks and I <laughs> No, the we the the bank I was a uh, part of didn't had a physical store or location nearby, so I was like, "Fuck, what do I do with all this like cash money?" Because there weren't sh many, there wasn't really a shop around um, to buy our stuff. So all you the stuff you had to buy, like your your airsoft guns and gear, were like from Poland, like for the people, the European people, uh, gunfire or Taiwan gun in in Poland, you know. I was like, "Fuck, like." I can't send them like a huge box with cash and I eventually ended up at the uh, local McDonald's here and I said like dude I got like 350-400 euros in cash and um, like can you guys help me out and like it's it, because it was all coins so I had like like <laughs> two giant bags full of coins like one euros and two euros 50 cents 20 cents like those suckers were heavy like my jacket was like it was all like like stretching and shit so I'm like can you guys help me that uh, uh, and change it into to two papers like like bills like yeah sure no problem and um, so they they got it into it because apparently a McDonald's has like a, a coin counting machine in the back didn't know that but hey so they put all the coins in there and then they eventually they would cash me out like in in paper brand new like like still stacked and shit um, back then the thing was I I only got recently learned about PayPal and well I was I was just 18 like my parents would never get me a credit card so but I found out there's this thing like it's it doesn't exist anymore but back then it was a thing it was called a, a 3v card it was basically a disposable credit card like uh, the way it worked like you had to load money onto it uh, either via PayPal or like at certified service points and you could only spend uh, the money that was on it but it had like the, the complete thing with the security 
number, the three-digit thing on the back, so it worked like an actual credit card. So if I would wanted to buy stuff from like overseas or, uh, for example, from the United States, they would accept it as a credit card. So I was perfect. So and I used that thing, I think the first year and a half of my airsoft life to uh, to basically pay for stuff. And yeah, eventually, well, PayPal got more known and got more accepted by more shops, and oh, eventually, I got my own uh, my own bank card, and uh, so I had more access to my own money. So and that, <laughs> and that shit hit the fan. Like oh, I spent so much money on. We all, every airsofter knows this problem. Like we, I spent so much <laughs> money. It's ugh. If I if I think back on these days, like the first year, like I think in the, in my first year as being an airsofter, I the amount of money I spent, I could have bought a, a really decent secondhand or used car for it, which would have been still in great condition with low mileage on it. <laughs> oh, my mom was furious. Like like the the boxes and the gun <laughs> gun bags, like just they started to pile up. There was gear around my room everywhere, small parts of guns like pins from upper receivers, gears, motors, cables, batteries. My mo my mom was like, clean your sh fucking shit up. And I was like, well, I need a bigger room for that and more storage. Like, oh, fucking hell. And we all know that. You buy stuff, you sell stuff, you buy some more stuff, you sell some stuff. And yeah, eventually in... Um, we are now living 2021 and uh, my airs of life has changed quite a bit yeah um, the um, the casual playstyle I had in the beginning uh, like your typical pickup games like capture the flag uh, King of the Hill, Team Deathmatch, that's, that's long gone. Um, like, yeah, that's, that's long gone. Um, so you notice probably uh, a bit of a change now in the, in the camera angle and, uh, and the way I'm sitting. The, the thing is, um, I'm completely new to this. Um, I'm recording the whole thing on my, uh, my old uh, Canon 650D and it only allows me to record um, a video for like 30 minutes. And so, because we were already at 30 minutes, I had to to pause the whole thing and um, then <laughs> get the, the clips from the, the memory card onto my PC and empty it and to make new space to, uh, to continue to show. I will try to fix that in the future. Maybe I need to buy myself a new, new camera that can like continuously filming and stuff like that. But hey, um, it's a completely new thing for me. Um, I'm I'm doing this without any notes. This is just out of my head. Um, I just watched some videos on how to set it up. So um, forgive me for that. I try to to like get a more professional in the future. But um, coming back to the um, to the whole airsoft thing, um, like I said, like team deathmatch and stuff like that. It just I wanted more, you know. Um, so I so I went online and and looked into uh, what is known as milsim um, for the uh, for the people that listen to this and I have no idea what I'm talking about. Milsim stands for military simulation, and then you would think like, but isn't that kind of airsoft what you are doing? And yes and no, but I mean airsoft is like a general term, and like within airsoft you have multiple. Th like categories for example there's also speedsoft which is something I'm not gonna talk about but hey if you wanna play speedsoft be my guest um, it's completely different to regular airsoft it, it looks more like paintball but with like airsoft guns but the stuff they wear like the, the, the full masks and the, the jerseys and stuff like that it's those rounds take like three minutes so um, well, a milsim event can last like 48 hours, maybe 50 hours, depending on 
the the field where you play at and and the organization behind it because um, I think border war is 50 hours um, but I wouldn't categorize border war as like a high-end milsim I mean it's a, it's a decent event um, I've been there a couple of times um, but if you look at like videos from like over in the US um, Milsim West, American Milsim I mean that is that is Milsim especially Milsim West I mean um, still a big dream to, to go to one of their events uh, one day but I heard that that is only for like US citizens or you must be invited by uh, by somebody who, who works for Milsim West like one of the, the crew but that's what I heard don't know if it's true maybe we'll look into it um, but really hope I can partake in one of those events one day because they look absolutely amazing from all the videos I've seen online um, for example Jet the Desert Fox um, Swamp Sniper Norwich you name them like the famous airsoft youtubers um, so yeah I got into Milsim and it opened a completely new world for me. Um, the first Milsim event I went to was uh, Border War Black Ops, which is actually an invite-only event, which is, um, you could say, it's the pre-event uh, to the uh, to the main Border War event. Like, um, Border War Black Ops takes part, usually, hasn't taken part, I think, in a couple of years now, but back then took place in September, and then the the April of the following year, that was when the uh, the big main event was where everybody could just buy a ticket and go there but Baltimore Black Ops being a invite only event and only for people who have been to actual previous Baltimore main events or if there was one of those people who had been to a Baltimore main event and who would like invite you to come play along his side but then he would have to take full responsibility for all your actions so, for example, me now having played a couple of Border War events and I would take some random person or random airsoft with me, it would be, that person would be my responsibility. So if he fucks up, like if he misbehaves, I will be kicked out as well and I won't be allowed back in. And we're not only talking about like the end but only event, but probably the main event as well. Like Mike, um, he runs uh, the, uh, the main man behind Border War. Considering that, I think he runs a pretty tight thing. I mean, I, I get it. You, you try to uh, to create an immersion as good as possible, and if you have people just fucking around, like, it ruins it. Um, so that's why I always, for example, cringe when I go to my favorite field here in the Netherlands, which is Bunker Hill. It's run and owned. It's not owned, but they're but it's it's run by a three, a three division. Uh, Wim, uh, great guy. Um, and the whole crew, the marshals, great people. Uh, they don't pay me to say this. It's just it has been um, from the first time I went there until I think I've been there so many times now. It's it's one of my it's the favorite field I have played so far. Um, they have like a continuing storyline through all of their events, and like the uh, the outcome of like the current event. Um, determines the the new event so they might have to like rethink certain points in their storyline last moment because like they expected that team to get that objective which was necessary basically for the new um event and stuff like that so they run a pretty cool thing over there so um guys if you see this thumbs up for me you guys are doing an amazing job and i can't wait to get it back out on the field speaking of that Airsoft is now, due to COVID, coming back to life again. But, and here comes the problem. I think it's total bullshit. Because you can play Airsoft now, um, until the age of 26, within your team, and doesn't matter how many people are in that team. However, if you are above 26, like me, you're only allowed to play with two people at a time with keeping like the six feet distance thing which is like I have one dude in my team who is like <laughs> under 26 and all me and all the other guys are 
a way over it so he went to like two events already um and we were like yeah <laughs> we want to play too man it's like uh, come on like my, my 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 guns are like looking at me like like use us take us please do something and i'm like yeah um, but hey, uh, the last year gave me time to invest in myself uh, and especially invest into my gear. Uh, I, uh, I sold uh, a few guns, I bought new guns, uh, new builds, new kit. Um, for example, speaking about kit, um, I got myself some uh, training plates from Pentagon Tactical. And those plates are like uh, four kilograms each, which should be uh, eight pounds. So you carry about eight kilograms or 16 pounds of extra weight in your plate carrier. The reason why I did that was, unfortunately over the last couple of years, uh, not doing any sports uh, except for like the non-regular airsoft events, um, I got fat. Yeah. So um, my plate carrier, um, it doesn't like, tries to like go up on you know, for the chubby people among us, you know what I get. So, uh, a teammate of mine, he came over uh, a few weeks back, and he has a cry precision AVS plate carrier with, with plates in it. And, and I put it on, and I was like, wow, this feels amazing, like, the, the weight and, and the stuff. And then I put on my own plate carrier, which is a Warrior Assault System DCS, which was just basic. It just had only the, 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 the squishy soft plates in there. And I was like, fuck, man, this is like way too light. It doesn't even feel right now. So I went online, searched and searched. And then um, a friend of mine uh, who contacted me, he said like, hey, dude, uh, you still looking for him? I said, yeah. I said, hey, you can have my, my old set like like for, for a few bucks and uh, so you don't have to buy new ones. And I put them in and I put my plate carrier on and it was like, oh, like a difference between day and night. It sits so much better. It sits right where it's supposed to be, um, and it doesn't. It, you would say like, wait, you added eight more kilograms to an airsoft vest? You just play airsoft, but yeah, you know the, the the terminology, train how you fight, and that's what I do. Like, because the gear sense manner, I can work better with myself, because um, I like to train like pretty realistic and this might sound weird but if you have seen the video from uh, Lucas Botnik from uh, uh, Lucas Botkin from T-Rex Arms where he get this Japanese kid over uh, who was only uh, used to airsoft guns um, he also said like airsoft guns help if you want to do dry fire dry, dry fire practice Jesus Christ that was a that was a tough one um, dry fire practice and um, he said, yeah, it's, um, there's actually a recent video where he went to a Milsim event and he was like, hey, this works, you know, um, uh, you can train without shooting actual people, like, with real guns, so you have moving targets and then and, and compared to if you go to a tactical range like they have, we don't have that here, with static targets, um, it's, it's, it's better, so, um. So yeah, that's why I like to train like uh, realistic as possible, um, as far as it gets. I mean, um, um, I cannot. It's it's not like in the U.S. We can just go to to a store, uh, fill in a background check, and then two weeks later we can buy a gun, in any caliber. It doesn't work that way here. So um, training with real guns for the regular, normal citizen is 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 pretty hard because it takes a long time to to get real firearms and stuff like that. Think before you can legally buy your first one it takes about a year and a half and that's a 22 long rifle like small caliber bolt action you're not even allowed, allowed to have a semi-automatic then so imagine what that feels like um except for a pistol that's somehow different for them um so yeah the that's how i how i approach things and train and, and do my thing and I made mistakes in my life, um, even in my, my airsoft things, um, but um, what happened was, I tried to keep it as short as possible, um, a few 
month ago like summer end of last year I was like um, hey I want to do my my own own team um, so I had patches designed patches manufactured paid for them all the all the stuff and um, approached some people who I thought like hey they could like be of decent like uh, a decent level of experience in the airsoft world and seriously enough to uh, to fill the team and I had like a strict vision like this is how I want to do it this is how I want everybody to have their kids um, the the camo from camouflage to plate carrier types to guns because I wanted to make it look like a like a very tight run unit and people approached me if they could be part of and I was like hey fine and, and eventually it turned out into just a gigantic clusterfuck pretty much uh, they all left <laughs> in the end um, because they they said I was too too bossy um, and they might be right partially but uh, from my personal opinion I think I just wanted to have it like run very strict because it, I wanted to to be a Milsim team and they all were like yeah but I just want to play casual with drum max and stuff like that which I said hey if you want to do that fine be my guest but then this team is not for you and then they apparently found that bossy but hey everybody is entitled to their own opinion um, in most countries so um, that's uh, the great thing about living in a free world um, until I found out that they already started like a separate team uh, while still being in my team so um, which I found personally a kind of a dick move but hey if that makes them happy um, so be it um, we broke contract so um, that's all I want to say about it and I was like I was part of teams before that but like I said, I wanted to do my own thing, but I was part of teams before that. And one of the teams was um, was Spartan Raiders, and Spartan Raiders was uh, was run by a dude I looked pretty uh, pretty up to. Uh, his name is James, and um, it was a Marsoc and Spartan team. And I mean, like, eh, American flag, American hand, like U.S. Special Forces, America, boy. Um, so I wanted to be a part of the team, and I was. I was for a long time. And team went on for like two years, give or take. But then there were only like two people in the team that actually like actively played, like me and the dude who founded it, James. And and he was also into like Russian stuff, like Russian gear, Russian airsoft guns. And so what he did, he uh, he started a Russian team, like a Russian based Milsim team and I went with him I was like you know what fine because I, I like to play with him and he's a great guy and I don't want to quit the hobby or like like do my play solo and I did that for a while but then eventually it was like ah, I, I missed the, the NATO thing like the whole Russian community thing a lot of it's just let's keep it up. it wasn't my thing it turned out to be it wasn't my thing so I quit and we we didn't spoke for a while not because like we hated each other but I went my way and they still, still did their thing um, so I went uh, I became part of another team um, but then uh, pri private things happened which I might be going into uh, in, the, in the next episode um, but um so they uh, that team asked me to leave um, which I did which I was kind of upset about but um, I could understand their reason behind it uh, from the financial point of view uh, because those guys are like fucking dedicated um, like training a lot going to events a lot and because of that situation that changed in my life I wasn't financially able to, to do that as well and uh, so that's why they uh, they kindly asked me to to uh, to basically step out of the team and I did which I was still upset about because I thought like hey I mean I can make this work out 
hopefully some way. But you know what? Fuck it. Um, so then the whole thing happened with my own team, uh, which I started, which turned out pretty bad. And then I was like, hey, I really miss those like like Spartan Raider days, like the whole M81 camouflage, multi, uh, the just the Marsoc um, thing. So I send uh, I send them uh, James a message like, hey, dude, um, because the team was it still existed, but nothing happened with it for like two years, because we are now like two years on. And um, I was like, hey, you know what? I, I really would like to play with that team again and, and give it a new life and a new meaning. So I reached out to him. I was like, hey, um, you know what? I really miss the days. And isn't there like a way we can make it work? Because I would really like to uh, to um, to give the, the team a new meaning and a new life. Like still with the same name and still like kids and stuff, but just make sure it, it gets out there again. He said, hey, and the funny thing was, he was actually thinking about the same thing. Not him, like, trying to revive Steam, but handing it over to me. Um, so that I could run it. And, um, so we talked on the phone for, like, I think an hour? Hour and a half? We talked about it, uh, what my vision was for the team, and, um, and he said, well, think about it, uh, if you really want to do this, and I said, wait, dude, like, I already made my mind up, that's why I reached out to you, like, I want this, he said, well, hey, then it's yours, like, I will send you over, like, all the stuff you need, like, the, the login codes to our Facebook page, the Instagram page, um, the, uh, the remaining team patches are, uh, are being sent over as we speak, so, um, it's now my team, and I'm really, really happy about it, so, um, I reached out to people, like, hey, listen up, the team is, um, getting alive again um, what do you think is it something for you uh, would you consider coming to my team uh, because I think you're a great dude and yeah I reached out to a couple of people so I got two dudes with me uh, next to the uh, to the other two uh, guys that were still in the team just as me and um, we are actually really working on it to, uh, to make it work again but um it's, it's just that at the moment we just simply can't play and that kind of sucks just there's just one dude from the entire team that can't play but um yeah it's it's to say um it sucks is putting it mildly like I got into uh, like because I'm stuck at home since uh, not due to COVID but to uh, to an injury since September 2020 and like sitting at home seven days a week all day inside you can't do nothing yeah okay go around the block for a walk but like gaming is cool for like two three days but then it gets boring and so it it, it kind of got me I, I got into a pretty big depression and and this podcast therefore is also like a reason uh, reason for me to uh, to deal with that depression, and but I will go go more into it in the in the next episode. Um, it's 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 something I also thought I would never experience um, because I was always like the happy guy and stuff like that, and then people s- apparently started noticing that I was like uh, I kicked into everything, like like. I fought everybody, like, I spent my entire days on Facebook, and I fought everyone. Like, I argued with every single person that I could find, like, about fucking everything. And people were like, dude, what the fuck is wrong with you? You are so negative the, the last few weeks. What the fuck is going on? Are you alright? And I was like, I don't give a fuck anymore. Like, there have been moments where, um, there have been moments where I was like, um, you know what, just end it right here. Like, I don't want to do this shit anymore. Um, I'm done. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 um, it's, it's, you guys probably noticed, it's, it's not like, 
uh, easy for me to talk about it. But, um, if you're stuck in like, that's what I just want to say um, to uh, to end this episode for now. If you're stuck in that kind of situation, what I found out is try to find something that makes you happy or that gets you distracted. Because in the end, what I found out is um, life sucks and it sucks a lot, but it will get better. And I figured that out um, because I was like, oh, fuck, I'm going to be stuck home like forever because my because I have a back injury which will never heal, but I will get into that uh, next time. Um, and I was like, fuck, I can never do decent work. And But trust me, it gets better. I got like uh, contacted by a number of people who uh, who want to help me out to find a new job, uh, to a well-paid job and stuff like that. So um, to end this episode, trust me, it will get better. And... We're gonna stick in. Uh, we're gonna stop here for today, for episode one. Um, probably episode two will come out probably somewhere next week. Um, so for the people listening to this on Spotify, um, if you're only listening to it, um, there is a video. Like I will film every single podcast, so it will go up on YouTube. Look it up on YouTube. Uh, the the six millimeter podcast. Um, you will find it there and then for the people that watch this on YouTube go to Spotify if you uh, if you want to re-listen to the whole episode and um, also the 6mm podcast and yeah on that note I want to thank you guys for listening um, if you have anything you want me to talk about in future episodes um, if you are on YouTube uh, comment it under the video and I will look into it and, and talk about it and otherwise if you have any suggestions for the show uh, I will link my uh, personal email address from the podcast in the description uh, below and uh, you can send me an email there and um, I will look into it but for now thank you guys have a great day and I will see you next time <laughs>